0: And welcome to COGECO Inc. and COGECO Communications Inc. Q1 2020 Earnings Conference Call. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time, I would like to turn the call conference over to Mr. Patrice Wimet, Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of COGECO Inc. and COGECO Communications Inc. Please go ahead, Mr. Wimet.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our first quarter conference call. So Joining me today are Philippe Jeté, Marie-Hélène Labrie, Andre Pinard, and Philippe Bonin. So before we begin the call, as usual, I would like to remind listeners that the call is subject to forward-looking statements, which can be found in our press releases issued yesterday, and I'll turn the call over to
2: Sidibjit. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us to discuss the results of our first quarter ending November 30th, 2019. Let's begin with Kojiko Communications. During the quarter, we recorded an EBITDA growth of 4.9%, in constant currency. Our increased investment in branding, sales, and marketing over the last couple of quarters, both at CCX and ABB, have resulted in strong customer trends, especially on the internet front. We continued our transformation journey towards more digitization, which has contributed to an increase of the DA margin in the quarter, and continued improvement in customer service. Atlantic Broadband announced on January 10th that it had signed a definitive agreement to purchase Thames Valley Communications, a broadband service company operating in southeastern Connecticut, for 50 million US dollars. As Thames Valley is contiguous to ABB's footprint in the Connecticut network, it will, we will be able to quickly roll out our leading edge TiVo service and business services to the new footprint and increase market shares through enhanced bundle offers. ABB's new president, Frank Vanderpost, who joined the company on November 4th, will be a key contributor in fueling organic growth and pursuing our acquisition program. He brings a strong customer focus, lots of experience, and as ABB amplifies its marketing activities and reinforces its brand. In December, we announced the departure of Ken Smith, Kojiko Connections president, who will stay for a short transition period. We are grateful for Ken's 20 years of dedicated contribution as he was instrumental in the deployment of major transformation projects at Kojiko Connection. A recruitment process for a new president has been launched. With the grouping of support services as shared services, such as procurement, IT, HR, in order to maximize operational synergies, there will be greater focus at the business unit level on growing the top line while achieving strong margins. On the Canadian regulatory front, the Federal Court of Appeal have granted leave to appeal the CRTC decision related to aggregated wholesale internet services. The new rates will therefore not apply until a final judgment is rendered. In parallel, Kojiko, along with other cable network builders and operators, have also filed a petition to the Governor in Council asking Cabinet to refer the CRTC order back to the CRTC for reconsideration, and two, an application for review and vary of the CRTC order based on, on substantial doubt as to the correctness of the rate-setting methodology. COGICO is not opposed to the regime and support fair competition, but asks that the rules be clear, stable, and fair, especially as it relates to the basis for rate settings and the requirement for Internet resellers to gradually invest in networks as was originally anticipated by the regime. We also look forward to the CRTC's public hearing on the future of mobile and the provision of mandated wholesale access. Kojiko believes that the hybrid mobile network operator or HMNO model it submitted to the CRTC should meet government's policy objectives of increased competition while safeguarding investments in telecommunication networks and promoting innovation. The HMNO model would allow Kojiko to gradually invest in a wireless infrastructure as it grows its market penetration. Kojiko has a long-standing commitment to high social responsibility standards, and we are building on our track record of social engagement environmental performance and solid governance practices to continue to better serve our communities and customers. It is my pleasure to inform you that we will be releasing our new corporate social responsibility report on our website in February. The CSR report will describe the key performance indicators that we have developed to achieve Kojiko's environmental, social and government objectives over the medium term as well as the program we have made to achieve the, the progress we have made to achieve our key performance indicator. For example, I will highlight that we reduce our GHG emissions on a per revenue basis by forty percent during the past five years. Donated two percent of our pre-tax profits to several organizations in in the close to 1,200 communities that we serve and launch a new employee community involvement program at Kojiko Connection. Kojiko Communications nomination to Corporate Night's Best 50 Corporate Citizens in Canada and 200 Cleanest Companies in the World is a testament to our environmental, social, and government commitment. We're also proud to see our organization, corporate governance, recognize year after year amongst the top 10% of family control, dual class companies listed on a Canadian stock exchange in the Globe and Mail annual board games publication. Let us move to an overview of our consolidated financial results, note that comparative results from continuing operations exclude Koji 1's result, which was sold last May. For the quarter, reported revenue has reached 586.8 million, representing an increase of 1.3% in constant currency. EBITDA has reached $282.1 million, rising 4.9% in constant currency and generating EBITDA margins of 48.1%. Atlantic Broadband and Cogeco Connections both contributed to EBITDA growth. The quarterly dividend has been reconfirmed at $0.58 cents per share, representing a 10.5% increase over last year. Let us now look at individual components. At Kojiko Connection, revenue declined by 0.5% as a result of not having last a full year since we implemented our new customer management system at the beginning of fiscal 2019, as well as lower net pricing from com- consumer sales. On the other end, commercial services continued to grow nicely at 6% and represents 11% of Cogeco Connection's revenue. Cogeco Connection achieved an EBITDA growth of 4.8% as it continues to focus on operational efficiencies and its digital transformation. However, if we exclude last year's non-recurring items amounting to 7.7 million related to the stabilization of the new customer management system and a retroactive adjustment related to distance single rates, EBITDA growth would have been essentially flat as we increased sales and marketing investments in the quarter this year. On the other end, our NN sales and marketing activities are paying off as customer trends in the quarter resulted in strong PSU additions. Internet and telephony customer growth was strong, and video losses were significantly lower than in past quarters. Overall for the year, we expect revenue and EBITDA to grow in the low single-digit range. However, the growth will be skewed towards the end of the fiscal year as we are reinvesting in sales and marketing in 2020. Finally, we are making good progress with the development of our IPTV platform and have started our beta launch. We will progressively launch the service once the development phase is completed. The Media First IPTV platform will then become the new standard video experience for new customer activations. At Atlantic Broadband, revenues in EBITDA have increased by 3.5% and 2.6% respectively in constant currency. Revenue growth is mainly related to the continued growth and upsizing in residential internet and commercial services. Rate increases mostly implemented in the fourth quarter and the ramp up of the Florida expansion plan, partly offset by lower political advertising revenue. Commercial revenue is growing at the strong 7% and represents 10% of overall revenue. EBITDA growth for the first quarter was lower than usual, as we mentioned during the last quarter earnings call, mainly as a result of higher sales and marketing expense and lower political advertising revenue. If those two elements have been at the same level as last year, EBITDA growth would have doubled to over 5%. Let's also remember that last year, the first quarter had an unusually high organic growth of close to 12%. We expect EBITDA growth to improve in in the second half of the fiscal year as sales and marketing expenses reach a normalized level and revenue growth further pick up as a result of continued positive customer trends. Political advertising is also expected to grow in the back half of the year. We still expect mid-single-digit revenue and EBITDA growth for fiscal 2020. As part of its strategy to leverage digital tools and continually offer improved customer experience, Atlantic Broadband launched a new shopping cart in September which has increased new customer connections activity via the online channel. Since December, Atlantic Broadband customers with an Amazon Prime membership can now stream Prime Video content over the Prime Video app on most TV, uh, TiVo devices. TiVo also provides a seamless integrated search and user experience by including Prime Video content in search and recommendation results. The availability of Prime Video app on TiVo devices continues. Uh, Our multi-phase efforts to enhance functionality and to bring an exceptional best-in-class video experience to our customers. Increased sales and marketing expenditures during the last three quarters and improved management of seasonal disconnects are paying off as PSU trends in Q1 have improved on all fronts relative to last year. Internet growth was significantly higher, and video losses were lower. Finally, we looked forward to closing the acquisition of Thames Valley Communications, which which serves approximately 10,000 customers within the next three months. This acquisition will nicely complement our presence in southeastern Connecticut, as our business share the same values of customers focus, support, and the commu- in the communities we serve. We will continue to look for further value accretive acquisition in the U.S. to accelerate our growth. Let us look at Kojiko Inc. and in the first quarter. Consolidated revenue has increased 1.4% and EBITDA 4.7% in constant currency. Our radio business, now composed of 23 stations, shows satisfying results despite a soft advertising market. Kojiko Media remains competitive. Thanks to the excellent ratings of many of our stations, they continue to enjoy a strong focus on high-quality programming and cost efficiency. At Kojiko Inc., the quarterly dividend has been reconfirmed at 47.5 cents per share, a 10.5% increase over last year. Let me conclude by confirming that we are maintaining our fiscal year 2020 uh, guidance and are on track to pursue profitable growth, organic growth, through providing enhanced customer experience, growing our internet and commercial services market share, and expanding in selected areas. We will continue to look for attractive acquisition opportunities, and are looking forward to participating in the wireless consultations, which will start in February. And now, we will be happy to answer your questions.
0: Thank you. In order to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from Jeff Stan from Scotiabank. Your line is open.
3: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, just wanted to um, dig into the Canadian uh, revenue a little bit, particularly uh, the residential business um, down uh, 1%. Um, there's a few things going on there. It looks like very good loading that you saw in the quarter, as you mentioned, but I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about um, the pricing environment, um, I guess particularly ARPU, and particularly maybe in reference to um, third-party resellers or TPIAs related to the Internet, whether you saw a little bit more pressure from uh, competitive activities there. Um, and maybe help us with the outlook in terms of subs and ARPU for the, for the remainder of the year on Canada. Thanks.
1: Sure. Hi, Jeff. Um, so, uh, this quarter, uh, you are right, we did actually uh, uh, provide more uh, bundling, uh, uh, a bigger push on bundles basically, uh, and you can see that the phone actually is higher than usual. Uh, so it had an impact on ARPU. So it's always a fine balance, and uh, these strategies uh, evolve throughout the year. They're never set in stone for, for a full year. Uh, so this quarter, uh, that was a story. We do expect uh, that um, the balance of the year, more generally, we'd, have, uh, we'd be more in line with we, uh, what we've been doing in the past. Mind you, when we do provide uh, bundling uh, promotions, Uh, which again come and go uh, during the year, Uh, often they're for many months. Uh, So these are things, uh, the the promotions will lapse uh, of a particular campaign during the year while you're running another one as well. Um, In terms of TPIAs, I would say that generally there's nothing special about this quarter. Um, We haven't seen any uh, particular change in the way uh, the TPIAs are uh, evolving in the market. And in terms of outlook, um, if you focus, uh, obviously the PSUs uh, will be more volatile in a quarter, uh, whereas our base of customer is more stable, obviously. Um, and it's always a choice, again, on how many PSUs we want to get and how much promotions we want to give. Uh, if you look at the uh, Internet PSUs we have done in the first quarter, you know that historically, because of the seasonality, the first quarter is always stronger. Um, so we're satisfied with what we've done uh, in terms of PSUs for the first quarter, and typically in the next three quarters, uh, you see uh, the PSUs being at the lower level than in Q1.
3: Okay, that's helpful. Uh, and just uh, maybe a clarification on the U.S. side. Um, you guys mentioned about the, uh, the impact of sales and marketing political ads uh, just on the revenue front specifically, um, what uh, are you able to quantify, excluding the political ads impact for revenue, the U.S. revenue, what the growth rate would have been?
1: Um, no, I don't have that offhand. But uh, what's uh, w- it does vary by uh, by quarter. We do expect that in Q3 and Q4, actually. Uh, it will go the other way, so the political yep. ad will be uh, stronger, and actually the impact will be – it will be more impactful than what we've seen in Q1 year over year. Um, but uh, we, we did provide an idea on the EBITDA, if you include also the marketing spend, but, uh, but uh, yeah, the, the, you should expect a stronger uh, uh, second half. If you look at the first quarter, actually, in terms of uh, growth year over year, and you compare this to the industry in the U.S., it's uh it's somewhat in line, um, and it's a mix again of uh, of the products we offer, the growth in Florida, uh, the results of the acquisitions we've made, and also seasonality uh, in the different regions that we have
3: right, and just final question regarding wireless um, as you kind of sit back, we do have a proceeding going on, and it's probably going to be sounds like it's going to be very length- lengthy. Um, how do you guys think about? Balancing between um, your vision of building a a hybrid business uh, versus uh, a straight MVNO business, Um, you guys have talked a lot about the HMNO. Are you married to that? Is that? These are other options. Are there other options that could be opened up in the next few, you know, months or years, where that gives you an opportunity to 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 approach a different model, perhaps with uh, the same return or less risk.
2: So, Jeff, um, there are two fundamentals that uh, we believe in. First, we believe in facility-based uh, infrastructure, wireline or wireless. Uh, network operators needs to build their over time uh, their their own network. The second is we are pro-competition. We do not fear competition. We enjoy it. Uh, we will be there to compete. And the wireless and wireline worlds are converging. So we put in front of um, Canadians and the CRTC a, a model that actually helps building wireline and wireless. And because they are converging, uh, everybody is is building Converge Network today, even if they don't call it Converge Network, that's what we all do. Um, and this this is how you should be looking at it. So the V in MVNO is never something we've supported. Uh, we don't like the idea of a, a virtual player that only sits on top of the network of other forever without investing in any networks. So we propose to also contribute to investment to build our, over time, our network, our presence in the market, compete, um, and help build a stronger industry for Canadians. So our HMNO model does not include a virtual participation in that space. Okay.
3: Thank you.
0: Your next question comes from Vince Valentini from TD Securities. Your line is open.
4: Yeah, thanks very much. Um, Can you help us at all with IFRS 16 and how it impacted uh, each of your Canadian and and U.S. segments in the quarter in terms of EBITDA? Uh, Sure. So it's,
1: it's about $7 million Canadian per year. Um, and um, it's close to half and half in the U.S. and in uh, in Canada. Uh, so it's about uh, seven hundred thousand uh, dollars Canadian for the Canadian business and seven hundred U.S. for the U.S. business. So it's a, it's a little more skewed towards the U.S. It can change by a quarter, but that's uh, that's what it was for Q1.
4: Okay. So Patricia, if you. If you adjust for that, as well as the 7.7 million of unusual items last year, Canadian EBITDA growth was slightly negative uh, in That's Q1, right. I believe. Can you just right. talk to that a little bit? It seems a bit inconsistent with the improving trends in, in your subscriber numbers this quarter and in recent quarters. Is that just the sales and marketing costs, and do you have confidence that you get back to positive EBITDA growth pre-IFRS 16 in uh, in Q2 and Q3?
1: Yeah, so um, I, as Philip mentioned earlier, uh, the story for the year in Canada, we do expect more growth in the back end of the year, so more towards Q4 uh, than Q2 and Q3. Uh, in terms of the first quarter, you're right, uh, it's slightly down uh, if you do exclude IFRS and the, uh, the items from last year. Uh, but we did invest uh, a lot more in marketing costs La- last year uh, given that we were just uh, we were still actually in the stabilization phase of the uh, IT implementation uh, we had significantly reduced the uh, marketing expenses so we went the other way this year and we actually added more than uh, than usual uh, the ARPUs were a bit lower than uh, than usual as well so that that played into it but overall you should expect for the Canadian business both top line and EBITDA uh, to see a, a low-digit uh, growth rate for the full year.
4: Okay. And I know you talked a fair bit about MVNO to the last question, but can can I just clarify from a different angle? The government seems to be signaling pretty strongly that even though there's a hearing coming up in February, they're going to wait two years to see how the industry is evolving on competitive dynamics and, prices for consumers coming down before they would go to any sort of widespread mandated MVNO access. Is it your view that those rules are so favorable for you that you just it's better to wait for two years and see how things shake out, or is it better to try some sort of negotiated hybrid solution with one of the existing carriers much sooner than that two-year time frame?
2: Okay, well, I'm not too sure where you pick up the singles for two years. That's not the singles we're seeing. I think uh, governments at all levels um, have, have expressed uh, a view that uh, the sooner competition brings uh, better uh, wireless, wireless services for Canadians, the better. Now, the CRTC is usually a long process, so it won't happen overnight. We have the hearings, and after a decision is, is made, there will be a, a certain period of time for the industry to adjust uh, and, and, and make this uh, wholesale regime uh, real. Um, I'm personally convinced it could be done in less than, than two years, uh, but we depend on a regulatory process here. But uh, I'm picking up singles that uh, purely political singles that... Uh, it, it would be a better environment for Canadian uh, wireless users to have something like an HMNO sooner in place.
0: Okay, thanks. Again, if you would like to ask a, que- ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from okay. Matthew Griffiths from Bank of America. Your line is open. Hi, uh,
5: good morning. Thanks for taking the question. Um, I just wanted to ask about uh, as you kind of move closer and eventually get to the launch of the IPTV uh, product or platform, you know, how the the capex uh, will kind of evolve over the year and how, um, you know, the expenses in Canada may evolve as well as that uh, product comes out into the market. And then just uh, secondly, on the the Thames Valley um, small acquisition, um, when that closes, I mean, should we expect to see some um, expenses uh, come through on that in the U.S.? I know it's small, but um, there seems to always be some expenses associated with the acquisitions. And then uh, just a clarification, too, on the 10,000 customers that's associated with Thames Valley, is that like like PSUs or are those, um, you know, homes, so the potential number of PSUs would be, Greater, assuming every home takes on average, you know, more than one service. Thanks.
1: Okay, great. Well, let me start with the uh, the last question. So, actually, the ten thousand are customers, so they're not homes. The uh, the homes is bigger than this, and it, they're not PSUs as well. So, it's the number. Uh, it's the customer count. Um, on the uh, on the capex uh, with the IPTV, so we would not expect. Uh, uh, significant impact this year as we're going to roll it out when when we're ready to roll out. Uh, but steady state as we uh, are live uh, with IPTV across the uh, the regions. Uh, obviously, the IPTV box costs uh, are going to provide some savings, uh, and we should be able to uh, save. We'll, we'll refine the numbers as we launch, and we can uh, we can point to it. Uh, but uh, if you look. What you can do is you can look at the CPE costs that are detailed in our financial statements, so they're, uh, they're separate when you look at the, uh, the fixed asset spend. That does include uh, TV CPEs, but also, obviously, modems and other types of CPEs that we have. Uh, and um, over time, uh, we could expect a point and a half, probably, in terms of uh, capital intensity reduction related to this. now. We, uh, it doesn't mean that overall we will get there because we might want to recycle that money and invest in development in rural areas or other investments we're making. Um, if we do, uh, if we do get into the uh, HMNO uh, program, there might be some uh, investments there. But just from a CPE perspective, that uh, that would be it. Um, and I'm sorry, can you repeat your question on the, your second question?
5: Um, so it's the, the CapEx and then the, um, the cost associated with the, the um, closing of the acquisition, if there was anything that we should expect.
1: Okay. What's the uh, second no, one? no, actually, it, it's a good network that uh, we bought. As usual, uh, we do invest a little bit, especially uh, we're going to roll out our, our TV products, so, but nothing major, which uh, also will be absorbed into our overall envelope.
5: Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you.
0: Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. The next question we have is from Mar- Mahar Yagi from Desjardins. Your line is open.
6: Uh, thanks for taking my question. Um, I wanted to just go back to um, some of the pricing trends in, in the Canadian market. Um, and yourself in the past uh, have always said, that you're kind of uh, you know you look at the market and you respond to what's going on so i wanted to ask you um the price promotions that and the bundling that you offered uh, and that has pressured some of the pricing parameters you have in the canadian business uh, was that a proactive call that you did uh, or it's a it's a follow on to what you saw in the market and um and so, if it's, it's a, if it's a reaction to what your competitors are doing in the market, uh, why do you think it's a short-term phase?
2: Thank you, Maya. Uh, well, the market is dynamic, competitive. It will remain dynamic and competitive. But we, we were a little bit the cause of our own problem. If you remember last year, we went through a system change. Um, and, and slow down sales and marketing, we had to pick up, catch up. Um, so investment have increased, but also we needed to reconvince some customers to come back home uh, and, and, and regain our um, foothold in, in our existing market. So what you see now is good progress in terms of PSUs. Customers are coming back. Uh, we, we will remain aggressive to, to make sure uh, we continue to fight for our fair share of the market uh, and um, catch um, every opportunity for customers to uh, to, to come back to Kojiko Connection.
6: I, I see, I see. Uh, is there a risk that you um, reprice doing that, your some of the base that you have in, in those markets, uh, or these offers are, you know, it's hard to only offer uh, savings to new customers. It it, 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 I, you know, eventually it leaks into the base. And is there, is there any fear that it could leak into the base?
2: Well, that's why we led with uh, a bundle strategy of three products. So we, we, we uh, have very good offers on the marketplace, but we favor uh, bundles of free products as opposed to single uh, or dual.
6: Okay. And uh, have you seen any changes in uh, wholesale activity in in your market? It seemed like it it has helped you guys uh, over the last couple of quarters, and you mentioned it in, in your MD&A. Uh, is, is that still uh, a strong uh, push uh, for... Uh, subscriber gains in, in Ontario? Uh,
2: n- not not really uh, different than in the past uh, Other players are are competitive uh, on the Tpia side uh, again they are a niche player and I think they've captured a good share of the niche they were playing in and the uh, their presence is uh, is established and growing at a lesser rate
6: okay and um, my last question is on cost savings you you seem to have a um good a good grasp on on your costs uh uh when i look at your content cost, it's it's improving it looks like um what uh, other activities could you um could you undertake to continue to get those savings rolling in as revenue now is kind of you know uh, turning slightly negative how much more can you strip out costs from your Canadian business to offset
2: well we have uh, already exposed quite a lot of our digitization activity uh, we always look for a process improvement uh, So digitization, to come back on this one, self-serve, self-install, self-troubleshoot, the ability to change your TV lineup, all these things they do reduce calls at the call center, they improve the the experience as well, they improve loyalty. Um, On the uh, uh, ABB CCX uh, shared services, we have also improved and expanded um, shared services between the two groups, so there are some functions where the U.S. and the Canadian companies are collaborating greater, and all of these things are translating into more efficiencies and economies.
6: So there's still uh, quite a bit of runway, you, you believe, on that?
2: Well, we are very creative. There are. There's uh, still a number of things we, uh, we have on our IT roadmap to facilitate uh, customers uh, and employees as well, so there's an external and an internal program to, uh, to help uh, redesign process to, to, to be quicker, uh, more efficient, and uh, yes, we, we have a, a, a view on uh, future savings this way and better experience for employees and customers.
6: Okay, my last question is on the Florida expansion. Uh, how should we look at that expansion in terms of uh, uh, loading the network? Uh, I understand that uh, initially it's more like a TV product and then uh, we should see the internet loading coming in and uh, more more absorption. Uh, how much are we farther, far into uh, the loading of your Florida expansion that we have not seen yet in, in the subscriber numbers?
1: Yeah, so in Florida, so we we have a, the base business that we've had for a long time, and um, we as we're expanding, obviously we sign properties, and and uh, typically every quarter you'll have some new properties that go live. Uh, there was a larger one recently we talked about uh, in, in previous quarters. Uh, this one actually was a TV product, and uh, we're we're well uh, into plans right now to sell. Uh, the other products like internet and phone, or additional TV products as well. Uh, so that's going well. and obviously, as you know in Florida, uh, most of the activity happens in the fall when we add the other products. There are some uh, there are some uh, uh, properties where we sell internet only, some others where we'll sell a duo or even a trio. So it will depend on the on the property. More generally, as we've been at it now for some time, the expansion in Florida, um, I think you, uh, when you look at our overall numbers in the US, we do have seasonality uh, in other areas, especially vacation homes uh, more north uh, in, uh, up the coast. Uh, and then we have Florida as well that's growing. So uh, when you look at the first quarter uh, results in terms of PSUs, again on the inter- focusing on the internet, Uh, probably a good number to look at on a run rate basis um, and uh, uh, before, obviously, we make further acquisitions.
6: Okay. Thanks, Patrice.
0: There are no further questions. I'll turn the call back over to the presenters.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, and we'll be looking forward to talking to you in uh, April for the next quarter. Thank Thank you. Have a good day.